Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Happy January. We've done it. We've made it to January. The year, thank you so much, the year that is from the pits of hell is behind us. It has happened. We've begun, well, can I be honest though? We've begun another year that like doesn't seem a whole lot better, because <laughs> like it's it's like a year. I, I maintain, this is, when I say time is a construct, this is what I mean. Time is a construct in that January doesn't mean anything. Like, man invented January. Does that make sense? <laughs> we invented this. We could just have easily said, like, when we go from March to April, that's when we celebrate. April's the first year. Like, that's that's it could have been that, and it would have been exactly the same. It would have made no difference to us. Um, and horrible events don't care what year it is. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> horrible things, viruses, uh, injustice, n- horrible things in the world, they don't care about what year it is. Um, so I'm sure that this new year will be full of horrible things. And with a dash of hope, some great things as well <laughs> will happen this year. I believe that that is true. Even though time is a construct, um, our culture has decided January. This is when we're going to celebrate the new year, the, the first month, the one month of the year will be January. And uh, so every January, I personally start to reflect on the year that I've had. And I look back on 2020 and I think about the year. I don't want to dwell for too long on this past year, but I look back and I see some things that happened like in my personal life. I remember meeting some health goals in the first hundred days of the year. I remember fasting games on my phone during Lent. That's something that stood out to me this year. Uh, I read a book about rest and margin and life at a healthy pace. I remember my mom almost dying. I remember my youngest brother graduating from high school. I remember uh, a much needed vacation with my wife. What an amazing vacation that was. Uh, I look back. I remember holidays just not too long ago that I got to spend with family that were extra special for some reason after this, the year that it was. Um, I remember a really great holiday. I also look back at ministry things, things that happened at Apex this past year. I remember uh, even at Harvest, launching Harvest Groups this past year. I remember going into hyperdrive at getting Fornip Alive off the ground <laughs> and making Fornip Alive a weekly um, video service while we were in lockdown. I remember Apex grads being around during the summer. That was super fun. I remember uh, Next Step Night, where we uh, brought some new people into the Apex family. Uh, I remember an extremely weird and challenging year at Apex Students. Tonight will be a night of vision a night of looking forward, of asking why, because some of you have been coming to Apex for some time, uh, but you have no idea what Apex is about, what that word Apex even means, and so we're going to talk about that. Um, Some of you were in the room when we became Apex students. Some of those in this room were in that room as well a few years ago, Um, but even those folks, I believe, could use some refreshing and uh, what we do at Apex. We need to remember what, what do we do here? So we're going to go back to the beginning about our foundational ideas, why we're going, the direction that we're going, and uh, what it is that we do. And this is Apex, the message. We are Apex students, a family and a force. So those that are unfamiliar with your mountain terminology, the Apex is the top of a mountain. So if you like see the mountains all over the room, that's what 
you may have picked that up. <laughs> um, this mountains is kind of our thing. And the apex is the top of the mountain, the peak of the mountain. And we've decided to call this group apex students because of what God does on mountains. Because God does really cool things on mountains. If you read the Bible, you'll see him all over the Bible, bring people to the mountain to speak to them, to reveal their purpose, to reveal himself to them in a new way, to comfort and strengthen them. God uses mountains like that. Overall, we, we see God make the mountain his territory. I've never quite said it like that before, I don't think. But we see that God makes the mountain his territory. It's a place of significance. It's holy ground. And that's what we want this place to be. We want Apex to be a place where people experience God, where we want you to hear from God. We want you to feel God and see God move here. We want to create an atmosphere where that can happen. We want you to be able to speak to God, sing to God, worship him, and connect with him. We call all of those things an apex moment. When you have that holy ground, I'm on God's territory, I'm with him moment. That's an apex moment. And we want to give you the tools to meet God here. That's what we want this group to be about. Because apex moments are not just the big radical cry my eyes out and altar, change my life moment. Apex, an apex moment is anytime you've connected with God. So when the time comes that God does radically show up and you have a defining moment, that's an apex moment. Also, every time you pray, every time you read your Bible, every time you worship, that's an apex moment. That's a place where God is meeting you on his territory, on holy ground. That's an apex moment. So tonight, we're going to look at 1 Kings 19. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If anyone has a Bible in the room, uh, on your phone or paper, whatever you, whatever you do, 1 Kings 19 is where we're going to be. I believe that's 2 Kings. 2 Kings 19. First or 2 Kings? Somebody's going to have to check. Now I'm not sure. I think I have it different in a couple places now that I'm like going over my thoughts. So we're going to be talking about a man named Elijah. And Elijah is important because he's a prophet in the Old Testament. Uh, and that meant that God used Elijah as the messenger. He, he said, I'm going to speak to my people through this man named Elijah. So God would speak to Elijah and Elijah would relay messages to the Israelite people. So Elijah had a big job to do. Obviously, that's a very important thing that he's going to have to do. And at this point, uh, he's very frustrated. Where we're going to pick up here in scripture, he's, uh, he's very frustrated because he is doing his prophetic duties. He's doing his job. He's taking care of business, being the messenger for God, speaking God's words to the Israelites, but they don't care. <laughs> like they're ignoring him. They're not doing what he's asked. So he's really frustrated. He's getting tired of it. So we're going to walk slowly through these events, but through it, we're going to see Elijah do some things. He's going to go. He's going to stay. He's going to go. We're going to walk through it. You'll see what I mean. Let's start here. Um, does that say 1 Kings? It's Kings. Great. 1 Kings 19, 9. We'll be in 9 through 18, but like I said, we're going to read it slowly. This is what it said. 1 Kings 19, 9. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They've torn down your altars. They've killed every one of your prophets, prophets, and I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. Go out and stand before me on the mountain. You go to this mountain, I promise I'll meet you there. 
That's a really powerful thing that God said. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there on the mountain. So this is where Elijah had to go. He had to make a choice to to pursue God and pursue a moment with God. He had to go. So God asked him to climb a literal mountain to meet with him. And then Elijah did that thing. Like that was a big ask from God, but Elijah came through and he did go climb a mountain. And that says to me that he really wanted it. Like Elijah was dedicated. He wanted to meet God on the mountain and he was about to do whatever it took to meet with God. He was frustrated. He was at the end of his rope. He didn't know what else to do. And so when God said, meet me here, Elijah said, name the place. Wherever it is, I'll be there. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? God probably will not ask you to climb a mountain for him. <laughs> Since Jesus has come to re- reunite God and man, all we have to do is ask, and we are, we are on the mountain. We are in an apex moment on holy ground. That's what we have to do. We just ask. But sometimes that convenience can lead to apathy. And so how easy it is for us to connect with God can lead to us just not. Ask yourself, how bad do I want it? Every time you connect with God, I've said this already, that's your apex moment. You're on holy ground. And that's why spiritual disciplines are such a big deal. This is the go for us. Spiritual disciplines. And that means making connection with Jesus a part of your everyday life. Like this is a thing I do every single day, a deep and daily relationship with Jesus. That's a big deal. One way we talk about spiritual disciplines is 10 and 10. So that's 10 minutes every day in prayer, 10 minutes every day reading the Bible. You may have heard me say that many times, 10 and 10. It's a great place to start. It's a foundation for developing a habit of spiritual disciplines and a foundation for connecting with Jesus and making connecting with Jesus a part of your everyday life. And if it's, since it's still January or any time in the year, maybe you're listening to the podcast later, it's not too late because time is a construct. It is not too late to set a resolution, a goal for yourself to make 10 and 10 a part of your daily rhythm. It's not too late to make those steps to connect with Jesus um, because you can do that. You can have those apex moments every time you connect with him. How bad do you want it? Elijah had to climb an entire mountain, an actual mountain to meet with God. How bad do you want it? Go to God. So Elijah had to climb this mountain. Let's see what happened next. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. So after you go, you must stay. After you go to meet with God, you must stay in your apex moment. God promised to meet Elijah on the mountaintop. However, God was not the only one to show up on that mountaintop. God was not the only one to be there. Elijah had to filter through all kinds of noise to hear God's voice. He had to wait through all kinds of stuff. And this must have been so frustrating for an already very frustrated Elijah. Can you imagine a wind strong enough to like, um, 
a, a terrible blast, such a terrible blast, I was looking for the exact words, that the rocks were torn loose. <laughs> like that kind of wind. That is a, this is not a summer breeze. This is like hurricane force winds or tornado winds if you're from Iowa. This kind of weather is loud and it's scary. And after all of this, I gotta admit, I, I may begin my descent down the mountain. <laughs> I may say like, Never mind. God, you promised to meet me up here. So I climbed a mountain and now you're trying to off me, I guess. Like, great swerve, Jesus. What? I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> but if the wind wasn't enough, cue earthquake, another loud force of nature that's destructive and another opportunity for Elijah to turn around and leave. And after the wind and the earthquake, now he's got a fire to deal with. So the climbing the mountain was one thing. Going was one thing, but it didn't stop there. He had to go first, and then he had to stay, endure the wind, endure the earthquake and the fire. He had to filter through all of that noise to wait for the gentle whisper, to meet with God. And after all that noise, God does show up like he promised. And Elijah encountered God on that mountain. He had his apex moment. Elijah heard the gentle whisper of God's voice. But to do that, he had to go and then he had to stay. Have you ever felt like there was a bunch of noise keeping you from God? Because I certainly have. <laughs> There's all kinds of different noises that can get in our way. Uh, maybe it's a relationship that has some kind of conflict at the time. That can be one of the most distracting things for me. If I have like a serious conflict with a loved one, a family member, a friend, anybody, that can distract me from everything. Maybe it's a loved one in the hospital or otherwise unhealthy, some situation that you don't know how it's going to end. Maybe it's um, a lie that you believe about yourself, like God doesn't want to talk to me. Or it's a lie that someone else has gotten you to believe. Maybe it's a lie about God, like he doesn't talk to people. He doesn't care about people. There are all kinds of different noises that can distract us from encountering God. I can relate. Elijah can relate. But Elijah was still willing to go, and he was so willing to stay, to stand in the wind, to endure the earthquake, to survive the fire just to encounter his God. That's when God met him. So God showed up in a gentle whisper, and this is what he said. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, this is his, God, didn't we have this conversation? I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Have you ever felt like the only one left? The only one that, like, in your sphere that cares about what God thinks, that cares about what God has told you? Like, you should, you should feel that way. You should be in circles that make you feel that way, just so you know. I felt that way at times. Because so many people around me are completely neutral to what God has said, or even hostile to the God I believe in. Elijah was living in a time like that. And he was the messenger of God, but no one cared about what God was saying. In fact, they were hunting him down because they killed all the other prophets. They had Elijah left. And this is what, a, what God tells Elijah in this situation where he's the only one left. He's tired. He's frustrated. And this is what God tells him. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. He said, go. 
and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram. Then anoint Yehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be the king of Israel. And anoint Elijah, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Mahola, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Yehu, and those who escape Yehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. Um, To which I say, who or whom? So Elijah had to go, then he had to stay. He had to wait for the voice, the mission that God had for him. And now God is saying, go. He's saying, Here's what you got to go and do. Now, these words don't mean a lot to me. These people, uh, these places, I'm not really familiar. But Elijah knew every one of those names. He knew those places. He knew what was about to happen. And he knew what God was telling him to do was important, was a big deal. And lots of people died because of what happened, because of this mission that Elijah had. And God told him, you're going to anoint the next prophet, Elisha. And if you like do the math, Elisha performs twice as many miracles as Elijah does. So he says, God says, go get your predecessor or your, your, uh, the, the next, you will be the predecessor of the next prophet. I want you to go anoint that prophet into his ministry as the messenger for God. So Elijah climbed a mountain to be where God would be. He filtered through the forces of nature, the, the noise to hear God's voice. And he got his marching orders for what God had for him to do. And that's the kind of thing that happens when you encounter God in, in a nutshell, That's the kind of thing that happens. You come out different. You come out better. You come out with a purpose. You come out with a mission. Ultimately, you come out looking more like Jesus. You come out looking more like the God that brought you to the mountain. When you have an apex moment, things change. So again, I ask, how about you? How about you? Are you willing to go? They call them spiritual disciplines for a reason. It takes discipline. It takes work. Are you willing to discipline yourself to have that deep and daily relationship with Jesus so that I can hear his voice, so that I can know him better and be closer to him? To spend 10 minutes a day in prayer, 10 minutes a day in scripture. It doesn't sound like a whole lot when you put it that way. When you, 20 minutes a day, I, that's one episode of The Office. I can do that. <laughs> Until you like start to try to do that every day, it's really challenging. Are you willing to climb a mountain to encounter God, because he promises that he'll meet you there. And he's good for his promises. Are you willing to stay? Our lives are filled with distractions. And even when we have that habit, that discipline of going to him, a deep and daily relationship, the noises are still there. (laughs) And sometimes even louder. Are you willing to stay in the face of the wind, the earthquake, and the fire? Are you willing to survive all of that to hear from God, to filter through the noise, to hear his voice? And then are you willing to move on what he says? Are you willing to go? Are you willing to go to where he is, stay there long enough to encounter him? And then when he speaks to you, he will give you the next go. God might say something to you specifically. For me, when I was called into ministry, that was a huge apex moment for me. I remember the first time that I like really worshiped. That was a huge apex moment for me. I can remember many of those, but In in those moments, he said specific things for me, called me into ministry, taught me how to worship, specific things for me. But many of my apex moments are just prayer, that he says something to me that he's been saying to people for millennia. Or when I'm reading his word and he says something to me 
that he said to the disciples directly. <laughs> like, it's not new. But it's a moment that God's speaking to me. Either way, whether it's something for you in that moment or something he's been, that's timeless, he's been saying forever, he's going to say something. Are you willing to go after whatever he says? Here are some ideas. Maybe it's about getting your 10 and 10 in order. Maybe it's about representing him well in school to people around you. Maybe online, you need to represent him well. Maybe it's a challenge to tell somebody about him, tell someone what he's done for you, invite them to church. Maybe it's a challenge to give to speed the light in the way that you've never had before. Maybe it's doing fine arts to discover, develop, deploy your gifts for him. Maybe he's challenging you to go on the mission trip to the Philly Dream Center. Maybe it's about paying $5 to get into the Apex Devo. And maybe it's all of those things throughout the year. Maybe, maybe it's one, whatever it is, you got to find out. You have to go and then you have to stay and listen and then you have to go and act on what he said to you. Are you willing? Everyone is going to hear something different from him. Are you willing to go, stay, and go? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, to see what you have said for millennia and for what you're saying to us today. God, I ask that you would let these words speak to us, that you would challenge us to do something that we have not felt like we could before because we weren't listening to you. So Father, today I pray that you would Give us the strength and the discipline to go to where you are because you promised to meet us there. You promised that as we draw closer to you, you draw closer to us and you are always good for your promises. And God, I pray that you would give us the strength, the endurance to stay in those moments, to filter through the noise and the distractions and to listen to your voice and then to do what that voice says, whether it's something just for us in a specific time or if it's go and make disciples, which you've said from the beginning. Whatever it is, I pray that you give us the strength to go and to act on what you've called us to do. We're so thankful that you use us to do your work and that the go is about making you famous. And Father, I pray that our apex moments transform us into looking more like you. And that apex as a place, apex students, would continue to be a place where people have apex moments with you and acquire the tools they need to connect with you. Father, use this place and use these people to do your work. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Everybody said, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.